0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the StatsBomb World Cup podcast with me, James York, and Ted Knudsen. Hey, everybody! Good to see you, Ted, or hear you. Um, yeah, we're back. It's week week two of the World Cup. Um, most of the group games are finished. We've got a couple of couple couple more today, groups to finish, and then tomorrow. But we thought we'd just get in there and uh, you know say what we thought was going on because it's been pretty frenetic since we last uh, spoke.
1: So many matches. Ago. So busy. <laughs>
0: I've tried to watch as many as I can, but I have got I am in gainful employment as well, so you know, it's uh, it's tough. We've gotta to do we've got a lot on board, but yeah, plenty to go at. Um where do you wanna start Ted? Who who've you liked the look of recently?
1: Uh, well why don't we talk through the, the groups kind of in order, it kinda of makes the, the most sense. So we're we're at the midway point of the third round right now. Uh, we were gonna do this on Friday but I had a, a conflict, I gotta do some travel, so we are we're kinda of midway at the moment. And we're looking at Group A. So Group A has Uruguay and Russia that have qualified out of it, Saudi Arabia and Egypt. Uh looked like Egypt were, were going to do fairly well in that last game, but everything fell apart. Um, what did you think of the Russians? Um... I was hugely amused
0: by the running figures that came out that they were they were the red machine was back in the, in the first couple of games and <laughs> that they were invincible and then also hugely amused by the idea that they they uh, didn't care about <laughs> the Uruguay games so they could avoid Spain this is there's so much of this kind of stuff going on at the moment but like you know on the pitch they're okay um, yeah you know they did what they had to against the two weaker teams in
1: in the in the group clearly you know. the weakest group so Well, I mean, at least in in most most draws and analysis. So, uh, yeah, I think Russia, we'll see. Like, we don't really know much about them. They did manage to score a bunch of goals, so that's positive, obviously, the running stats. And um, Russia's mild history of um, hmm, performance enhancement, let's put it that way, Uh, some concern. Uruguay, quietly, though, probably deserve note here because they have just stifled every team they played against. And there have been complaints that they've been really sort of dreadfully boring. But the fact of the matter is, like, that defense has allowed nothing. And in a tournament where a lot of the big teams seem to have wavered a little bit, like, they have just crushed teams on the defensive side.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's it. Conceding no no goals is a... Already a, <laughs> a a positive indicator. I mean, that's something We'll we'll hit on this probably when we get to Spain. But there was, uh, something someone tweeted something the other day. But it was like World Cup winners. Like I don't think ever they conceded more than three goals in the group, uh, which is a funny little quirk, and probably not quite as a reliable statistic as uh, as it could be. But it, you know, it's something to bear in mind. So if you've got a team coming through a group conceding literally nothing positive indicator I'd say
1: as opposed to Spain who conceded five
0: <laughs> this is it this is why it's came up
1: this, this is in three games <laughs> I mean to be fair there's a Ronaldo hat trick right but
0: <laughs> but it's, but that's interesting I mean we can we can easily move to group B straight away because uh, like uh, the certain places around the uh, the internet or whatever decided that Spain, Spain are favourites now and I think part of that's because of they, they look to be on the favourable side of the draw but fundamentally you know they've only won one game their group was okay uh, but you'd expect Spain to have done better you know significantly better than, than they did do so again i think we've got reputations coming to the fore here it's easy to look at uh look at the draw and just say like right i can spot i can spy all the big teams and spain are one of them and maybe they've started slowly and they'll they'll get their act together uh sooner or later but you know performance wise it's not not wonderful right now for spain i think
1: <clears throat> yeah that group was like particularly tightly poised the the it could have gone any possible way right at the end there Spain' like <laughs> you could have not qualified that was and, insane. no it was it was it was <laughs> awesome like, they, uh, this World Cup has been tremendous for for like tension and, and teams that you don't expect like really pushing everybody I, I tweeted this out and I, I think that like, this is my perspective but other people might disagree um, you know people are like oh well you know it's it's not a great World Cup in terms of like the big teams not being dominant Ooh. and I kind of view it a different way I think the that there's more talent distributed around the world, which is kind of exactly what what the world wants, anyway, and and FIFA wants from the World Cup, and and a number of these teams have like legitimate game changers in their squads, and, and as a result of that, we are seeing you know these you can't just key on on one or two guys like you you get you get a better distribution of attackers, you get some some pretty serious set piece type stuff going on, uh, which is another like big theme that we can get to. Uh, so my my take is that is actually that football. Uh, in the smaller places, have have better players uh, than possibly ever before, and that's one of the things that's pushing the big teams.
0: I think also um, <clears throat> related to that, you can actually say that you know uh, coaching coaching can make a significant difference for a, a, a mediocre team and bring it up close to a, a level um, of a less well coached uh, team of you know with you know more traditional stars. You know we've seen Argentina and and uh, Spain. Seemingly in kind of uh, managerial meltdown over the last week, week or two, and yes, a team like Iran or something with Carlos Queiroz, who's like, literally just developed a, a plan for how they should play. You know, no, no standout players necessarily amongst them, but you know that's that's enough to get you in the mix. And you know, when you consider that Iran were you know one late breakthrough away from like poaching a winner against <clears throat> against Portugal and going through, it's um. You know, you, few would have predicted that they would have got as close as, as that in that group. And, you know, that made it made a difference.
1: I'm curious to see what happens with both Spain and Portugal. And and this is this is the thing about James and I. Normally, during a season, we would barely have talked about anything here. We might talk about, like, some transfers and maybe do a recap. But after three matches, like, we don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't get to do that at the World Cup. You only get seven of them for any particular team. So, like, you have to make evaluations based on a bit of a, a small sample fairly unusual and this is it yeah you, you,
0: so much estimation around like you know what you think might happen and even yeah, you know people a lot of predictive modeling around the place and people quite uh, quite committed to their, their percentages and you just think well yeah, yeah that's <laughs> going to change very quickly and it, <laughs> and it does
1: <laughs> and so let, let's go to the dreadfully boring group <laughs> worst group we've ever seen I don't know pour up France everybody everybody in the whole World Cup has carried these water buckets the entire time there have been no nil nils and then France Denmark happens yeah
0: that was just a nothing game I mean it's a classic scenario isn't it It, I think it frustrated me yesterday because that, that game happened and everyone was annoyed about it because it was so crap and then and people are like, oh, we need to change the, change the World Cup so like these type of games, this type of situation can't happen. It's like, oh, come on, you know, it's been pretty good so far. You're going to get
1: the odd one like this. But now now you're getting stuck into this, like, James has gone traditional on me. Well, he's, he's not always traditional. Sometimes he is. I, I tend to not be. Like, I actually <laughs> think that you should change the World Cup in the draw perspective. And, you know, there have been definitely, absolutely positively... Times in the past, and it was admitted, I think, just this past year, that there was a, a fix in like the '98 World Cup to allow France and Brazil to potentially play each other. But like, you should randomize uh, the the draw after this round. Like, you shouldn't. You shouldn't know exactly who you're playing. You shouldn't be able to to have these weird incentives. Like, you should just be able to say, "We should win our group." It fixes these last round matches so that you don't have a complete and utter mess, at least to some extent. Um, and. I think that it just improves it, so like, yeah. there's no there's no reason not to improve it. It's a it's a pretty obvious upgrade.
0: Do you know what? I th- I think. I mean, I'm literally thinking on the hoof. I think it's literally organisation. I think that's the that's the sole reason they don't. Literally, so, you know, you've got an idea of where a match is going to be and who potentially is going to go. But then that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, does it? Because it's still a coin flip if you're in first or second. Yeah. You know, going into the last game, and then right, which hotel are we staying in? It's not like, it's not like. But then I guess fans maybe maybe might target certain games, hoping to. Oh, it's just complicated, isn't it? I, I
1: get it. Like the World Cup is a giant logistical. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's <laughs> even more so in in America in in twenty twenty six because it's like it's just absolutely massive and you could be East Coast or West Coast and hundred thousand person stadiums and whatever. So I kinda understand it. But from a sporting perspective, which it seems to be what FIFA cares the most about, then this is what you should fix.
0: <clears throat> yeah. We're always uh, gonna get boring games like that though, so,
1: so yeah, back to the football. Like how do we how do we feel about France and Denmark here? And and you know, let's 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 pour out a forty for our brethren in, in Peru because like those guys they were fun to watch. That that, that was a, a team that got knocked out, and, and you know, not not saying that Iran and Morocco like also were not fun to watch because they were really enjoyable. But you know, Peru se- seemed to like win a lot of hearts. Didn't score until the last game, but uh, could have easily been different.
0: Yeah, I think every, everyone liked the look of Peru and the way they, the way they approached their game, um, except but, for the
1: extremely long shots. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, that's how they, st- they started both the first two games. Like, and you thought this is a team that doesn't know what they're doing, and then like as, as time went on, it was like, oh no 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 they they. They just put a few sighters out that's fine we'll allow them to do that I think France are the quiet ones at the moment like you know you're just not going to beat France easily are you they they have got like I mean they've got great players in, in throughout the side the attack doesn't seem to click at all it's, it's, it's crazy isn't it you know you've had Arsenal for years then Chelsea now France all basically boiling it down to like right we've got good players good attackers oh fuck I don't know what should we do oh we'll just play Giroud and then that will work itself out. <laughs> <just play> <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, yeah but you don't
0: start him like you bring him in. <laughs> but it just feels like this is how everyone ends up. It's like Fellaini forever getting picked for Man United or whatever. You, you know, you're always thinking like they've got they've got other players, they've got someone else they could pick, and then you know they, there he is in the starting lineup, and you think, oh, actually, well, someone someone likes him. It feels like that quite a bit with Giroud, but
1: Giroud is very attractive though. So yeah, he he's, <laughs> he's got that power of persuasion there. He <laughs> just must be a,
0: a charming presence around the camp, or something.
1: So I think the Danes are messy, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't haven't seen much out of them. It looks like they struggled in a lot of their matches. um Maybe a bit of flattering to deceive there. Now, this is you know, my, my Danish friends uh, who are, are going to be a little frustrated with me here, but it's mostly like a numeric evaluation. Um, France looks like they've been fairly dominant, not, again, a lot much on the defensive side of the ball, can really gum up the game. Their attack doesn't click much, especially given the talent, but I think a lot of that is is kind of a coaching basis. But, you know, if you're just going to uh, we used to call it Greek. If you're going to Greek your way through the tournament, or like now we call it Portugal. If you're going to Portugal your way through the tournament, and mm-hmm. then just hope that some of your stars, you know, manage to score wonder goals, uh, it's, it's not necessarily a, a bad way to go about it. I, it, it the, the Dutch did this under Van Hall as well, right?
0: Yeah, I mean that's the thing. The bottom line is you're here to try and win a tournament, so you know there's no point being flair and getting knocked out in a four-three thriller when you can just win one-nil every game.
1: So bottom so, line Moving to Group D, Portugal or yeah. sorry, uh, Croatia have nine points. Yeah, just crushed that. Seven crushed goals, that group. one against, and it's a, it's a it's a good group. Less less Iceland, sorry, Iceland. You guys are pretty dreadful, but uh, like Argentina, and Nigeria, like legit teams and and played quite well. Man, that game last night was out of this world. But you know, we want to give before we move on to that one, uh, give Croatia credit. Seven goals, one against. Three straight wins and it didn't really look trouble against almost anybody.
0: I mean, they've got a midfield, you know, to die for, really, haven't they? they, they yeah. They, there's no denying that uh, you know any team would be perfectly capable of uh, performing with the midfield they've got, and they, you know they've got a reasonably solid team around it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think every everyone everyone's kind of come around to the idea that Croatia—they're not even a dark horse at the moment. They're, they they could beat any team like on their day. Um who I thought they this team now? should have been
1: better last year. Or last last World Cup. And also at Euros. Like I, I thought that they given the ages, like that was kind of their peak ages, and I probably lost some, some money on this um so I'm a little bitter, but <laughs> <laughs> I I thought that they, they should have been better performers in the past. Um but yeah, like right now they're they fully click. So still in this team, which I kind of. <laughs> <laughs> There's always a couple of guys around the squads that are just there, just just, <laughs> just there for t- till the bitter end.
0: But I mean, they've got they've got Denmark now, and then they'll probably face Spain, and that's that's probably closer. The books will have Spain as clear favourites, I'm sure there, but that's probably closer than um, closer than you might think. I would say, if you know, providing that all goes to to expectation. But yeah, I mean, Croatia certainly look like not quite locks for the quarterfinals, but. Pretty solid bet to get there, and you know could even go further. Um, anything can happen, though, Chad. You know anything?
1: Anything, anything <laughs> at all. Marcus Rojo could score the game winner with his right foot. <laughs> what a finish! That was from incredible. open play. <laughs> Like I guess I, Nigeria to put put Argentina. Sorry, I keep getting James off, but that, it's it's so absurd that I, I feel like we need to distress this.
0: Yeah, it was it was it was it was another like entertainingly uh, tense kind of matchup, and obviously Messi's goal has got rightly got all the plaudits, that and Maradona's uh, joyousness, should we say, <laughs> uh, at various moments, um, and yeah, I mean, Argentina is still a complete mess to me. Like. Uh, i read a tweet this morning. Someone, someone I think it was Rob, guy like called Rob Brown, was saying about how the press are, are fating MassaRano for being you know blooded warrior that carried them through. He was, he was a bloody, terrible. a bloody liability, wasn't he? He was awful. <laughs> I, I, my joke was that Argentina's midfield was like Gerrard in Manaus uh, ahead of that
1: game. And <laughs> if, um, if he's if he's going to be player coach, they might want to emphasise the coach a little more and the player bit a little yeah. less.
0: Yeah, I mean, Benega was good for, at least for the first half. Uh, you know, was pinging balls around and obviously assisted Messi. Um, but yeah, the rest of that midfield just is still just going to get you know wrecked again, just like Croatia did as soon as they come up against someone decent. And the thing is, they are this. It's the same story. They're relying on Messi to to bail them out.
1: And what a goal, though! <laughs> My word, what a goal!
0: As <laughs> Jamie Vardy would be proud. <laughs> and on that special. note let's move
1: on to the next group let, <laughs> let, let that be your lasting impression from James there uh, so Brazil and Switzerland
0: the last thing I ever say <laughs> on this podcast get removed for sullying Messi inappropriately nah it was it was great you know there's there's no denying the two touches and then finish and the movement the movement was the thing that everyone caught as well because it was just in an absolute flash and he's just decided to go and Benegas spotted him it, you know did, just perfect little alignment of um of play really you can't you can't deny that but argentina took eight shots in that match which is terrible and um, yeah you know, a must-win match against nigeria who are nigeria okay but nigeria feel like a team that they don't quite oh, i
1: don't know they just don't quite go through with it you know, they, they, they never they never quite live up to the the talent that's in their squad their, ta- mm. their squad definitely looks like it's got it's got depth it's got talent uh, but yeah, I mean, that's where the coaching thing is. Right. And, and generally my perspective is that, you know, the coaches at the national team level are considerably lower. Like, you know, the, they're, they're the guys that are left over. Uh, they're, yeah. they're not the ones that are dominating club football or even like pretty good in club football. They're the ones that are towards the end of their careers or probably not good enough to regularly be in club football. And, and that's why the national team coaches.
0: And it's challenging anyway, isn't it? Because they, you know, they actually have to, um, you know, generate uh, some kind of philosophy and knit team spirit together, and all those kind of things uh, in a short space of time. So, you know, sure. it's, it's never going to be as easy as it could be. Right. Argentina so, are a
1: hot mess, though. I, they, their next round is going to be absolutely fascinating. Now, now, watch them get to the final, and you'll just be like, "Well, they figured it out, I guess." Yeah. But
0: so they got to beat France, and then either Uruguay or Portugal. I, I wouldn't, <laughs> put, I wouldn't put them favourite against any of those teams. I don't think in no. in, in a flat, you know, flat game.
1: But I, I think Uruguay are actually capable of containing them. France definitely are. Um, mm-hmm. Portugal they're so a bit I don't know. like
0: Argentina. Portugal they're a bit of a,
1: a hodgepodge of ideas and execution. Less but. low end variants, but certainly variants. <laughs> yeah. um, so Brazil, Switzerland, Serbia, Costa Rica. Costa Rica are out. So we're we're into the, we're into the games that have uh, the the groups that have two uh, matches played. They've got one match left. Uh, so we've got Brazil and Switzerland and Serbia that are all in contention here.
0: Yeah, I mean Brazil should beat Serbia, but that's not—it's—it's it's not the game you want to definitely get something out of. I think as the third game, you'd prefer to be playing your bad team. Serbia are okay. Mm, Switzerland should be should be able to best Costa Rica, or at least uh, you know secure enough a result to to qualify from the
1: group but Swiss are weird they, they've they've basically given up early goals and then stabilized and then played really well in uh, mm. and, and kind of both of their matches um, yeah I don't know like the, the Serbia Brazil one is a, is a live game and it'll be intriguing to see how the Serbs play uh, Brazil Brazil also haven't been sort of it's like Hmm, how to say this it's like you took the talent of a manchester city or something like that but then you took out having like a really good coach and, and tt actually i think is a pretty good coach in defense so that's not a problem but it's the attacking element that we're talking about here and and you know, they're mostly left to, to do a lot of their own stuff and um, that's kind of how it's worked out so far and you know, they have a lot of long-range shots they're not creating a ton of great chances uh, a lot of neymar rolling around on the ground but that's pretty normal
0: yeah this is it. his name are you know like eating too many possessions kind of thing if you know just just to create a a good balance for their their play I mean if they click if, if Brazil literally click and sc- you know score a couple of early goals in any given game which could easily have ha- happened um they should be able to they should be able to meld together the sum of their parts but yeah I don't know again Brazil in a way it's, it feels like similar to how I feel about Nigeria Brazil like there's something missing. I don't know what it is. It's, it's um just that kind of jeunesse quoi about how to like <laughs> cynically extract results. Although you know they they got the goals in the end against Costa Rica
1: that they did really deserve. So haven't scored enough goals that Jamie Vardy would be proud of, huh?
0: No, this is it. You know that's that's the kind of striker <laughs> they need. <laughs> anyway, right. So that's Group E. I'm talking about Jamie Vardy.
1: I, am. I didn't bring it up <laughs> this one's all on you I know uh, I moving along to group F group F uh Mexico Germany Sweden South Korea really enjoyable group uh not least because the German meltdown and then the insane Tony Cruz shot which just looked I, I keep seeing that replay from behind it essentially yeah. and the window that he had to shoot it through. And and people are like picking to bits, uh, the, the goalkeeper technique and, and why was there only a two person wall and why didn't someone close down? And what's really interesting to me there is like, you know, you have to make decisions so quickly, and a lot of it is, is autonomic. Like you are just locked in on whatever your technique is, or whatever you're seeing, and you're trying to adjust. And, and we expect this absolute perfection out of footballers. And actually, one of the cool things about set pieces is that, like, we try to throw occasionally, like once or twice a match, things that people have, have not seen. Uh, And you throw that against against players and you see how they adapt to it. And you're hoping that they make a mistake so that you get a better chance on goal. It It actually happens regularly because you have to process this and you have to deal with it optimally in a very short space of time. Um, so like not sending an extra person out, not reading that Germany only had four in the box because they were at least slightly worried about the counterattack, Like that's clearly a mistake. There was an extra keeper step there, but like that one's a bit difficult because you know how do you how do you process that? Should have gone with a different hand. Um, there was the negative step discussion about Jack Butland uh, and stuff that, that came out of like Paul Riley's and someone uh, evaluating goalkeeper technique. It's like really fascinating type stuff, and uh, I've, I think we've talked a little bit before on on football about just how deep it is how, how impossibly deep you could just keep going if you want to keep learning and learning and learning and learning um and this is the thing like you can pick everything to bits but at the end of the day all these guys have to make these immediate reactions and read the situation in front of them perfectly in order to to like not give up these amazing goals like full credit to tony cruz he hit that so hard and in like maybe a meter square yeah. total space yeah, that was a great game.
0: That was a complete baller moment, wasn't it? I mean, like you know, you have to put it. There's only one place you can put it, mate, uh, or your team is probably going out of the World Cup. And he's just done it. So <laughs> hats off to it. Hats off to the guy. You know, the that's Germans. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, this is it. Like you know, the traditional English like view of like the German national team is like is to not root for them
1: yeah?
0: right? there are historical reasons for this we won't need to get into that anyway, I'm not interested in that <laughs> I, I, just wanted, I was happy to see Germany struggling potentially going out, why? because they always do well they always yeah. get to the semis, they always get to the finals they win tournaments what, give them their meltdown, give them their one bad tournament please Ro- root for chaos, chaos
1: a bit right? <laughs> yeah. especially German chaos the on the flip side, in the world political landscape, let's not root for German chaos. They're like one of the <laughs> no. few things that are keeping us together right now. <laughs> That's
0: quite true. Uh,
1: so Mexico, oddly enough, sitting on six points, can still go out of this group with like a funky set of results because they are playing Sweden. And if Sweden beat them, then that is a big deal. Germany yeah. and South Korea as well. Um, the, know, the South are gr- Koreans are not pushovers. They're they're decent. Um, so Germany has to, has to perform. But like Sweden have been tough in this tournament, and Mexico have been excellent uh, overall. Although they gave up a lot of a lot of expected goals against Germany, we had that as like a very lopsided match. On the flip side, like there were a number of Mexican counterattacks that broke down that you won't count in the expected goals, but they were probably like quite good chances. So yeah, yeah. it's a it's a it's a funky group. Um, Mexico has been very good, should probably go through, but not guaranteed of anything.
0: Yeah I mean they, they've got that difficult kind of thing Sweden will be out to win Mexico knowing that a draw is enough Like how to really approach that game It's always a I imagine it's always a frustration to actually just You know approach a game with that kind of Like we have two possible results that work for us uh, You know Sweden's, Sweden's aim is very simple Win the game Germany's aim is very simple Win the game uh, although a draw might might be enough, but then you rely on other things. I think Germany will beat South Korea. They've had they've had enough in the games. That I mean, they they have vulnerabilities. They don't look as um, they didn't look good in the last World Cup until they hammered Brazil. But you know, they, 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 there's been plenty enough in attack for them for you to think that they're going to get more than a goal a game which is what they've been, uh, what they've got so far. Uh, at some points, uh, you know, they, sure. They uh, we get, think
1: they'll take care of business, uh, and then the yeah. question is really Mexico Sweden. Um, it's fine. Like, look, look forward to the match tonight. Um, that is, that's the late set. Uh, so Brazil, Sweden, or Switzerland, I think, is the three o'clock. I don't know. Anyway, um, moving on to Group G, which is like actually quite boring. And I, had to, I had to sort of steal my son against this. He's like, oh, I could, I, I could stay up and watch the the Belgium England game. And I was like, don't. It's not. <laughs> it's not exciting. Just skip it. <laughs> it's fine. He's like, why? Because. Um, there are weird incentives at play, and this is what we were talking about a little bit with the draw. Um, but I mean, we should talk about England first. Like, let, let's take a moment to be excited about the Three Lions. You want to be? <laughs> you want to be excited about this? I, I look. They were. They've had two dominant or fairly dominant matches, uh, but like dominant off of set pieces for them. For the most part, which is really unusual way to go about it. In fact, one might almost worry that they're not dominant enough from open play against fairly weak competition. Now, yeah. we say that you know there are tactical reasons for that potentially. Um, yeah, there are also penalties involved that you you might be able to give credit for it. But um, yeah, England have been good. They look well coached. They look like they've they've seriously drilled a lot of things that you might care about in uh, in a World Cup. They're making it through the group stage. This is exciting
0: yeah i mean i think i think the thing with england is is they've they've effectively uh maximized um i don't want to use the word marginal gains because it's just like a bit lazy and whatever you don't want but, to
1: sound like team sky you're uh, you're worried that there's uh, going to be like a rush move after year and it's normally basic stuff like hey it's a marginal
0: <laughs> gain practice tech, set pieces like yeah well of course practice that. but um but no all these little things like you know hey, create, create hey, an idea a
1: little of that come on but some of us <laughs> Some of us have, have spent many years saying that people should do this more.
0: <laughs> yeah, what well, they should, but that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it shouldn't be a marginal gain. It should be an absolute, fundamental, normal thing that everyone does.
1: Yeah. 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 yeah and do it a lot, like you know, 15 <laughs> minutes for a training session.
0: <laughs> right. So, so it feels like England have kind of cracked all that, and it, it's slightly masking the fact that. Um, I mean yeah the the style of play they've got down like with an idea of it but I don't think it's quite working but it's hard to know because they were away and clear so quickly against Panama that there was no real need to create much from that but I mean the like the, the, they were six nil up, and the only shot they had in the box in open play was Kane's deflection for the yeah. sixth. And you stuff like that, and you think like, right, okay, you know, the expected goals in that game was like one point something.
1: They scored. Yeah, they matches. they killed it. Like they just, Four, they just killed yeah. the match because of you know, they were too far ahead, and it didn't really matter. And like, really, they rested for the second half of that. And you know, Belgium, England probably rest as well. Now, you have some some opinions on this whole like draw ring type thing, and yeah. whether. Whether England should should care or not, or Belgium for that matter should care, like talk to me.
0: I do. We had an article on the site yesterday, which um by David Rudin, and he explored this whole idea that uh, England and Belgium should, uh, should tank because they want to get out of the side of the draw that will potentially be, uh, you know, Brazil versus Germany in the quarterfinals. And that's you know that that I understand what what's going on there and the like, you know, the little light mass that goes into it. And a lot of people have kind of said about this. But I personally think that like in a world cup like you've got i don't know maybe three five eight percent difference you know probabilities between going down one side or the other i think your error bars on that are going to be so big that it's actually hard to say that what you might lose from uh you know putting in a weaker performance and you know say losing against belgium rather than like just going out and trying to win I, I think it, there's there's too much in play to actually like reliably just like turn that into numbers and say like they should definitely go and you know to try and minimize you try and come second and go that way rather than go the other way it's the world cup you know you're gonna have to beat whoevers in front of you um chances are you aren't gonna win the tournament just go as far as you can um that might seem a little bit <sighs> flowery but I just don't think I just don't think it's that important to um try and game the system in this way. I think you should just no, go I as far as you can. From,
1: I would come at it from the perspective and say that every percentage matters. And I'm naturally a gamer anyway, so I don't mind sort of gaming the system. Like this is how you do this and this is how you create better outcomes. There is an element of you know, you should just do your best and have your boys like go out, and have fun and try to win and that's fine. Um yeah I mean i I think it's I think it's less clear cut is kind of how I, w- I would put it yeah. you do have to just beat what's in front of you and and it should mostly be out of your control anyway so like you know just go enjoy it um so what's gonna happen in the next round though like how how far are England going how far can mm-hmm. they I think
0: everyone's decided that, that whatever the, whatever team they get in the, the round of sixteen they'll they'll waltz past but they could end up with someone like Colombia, and then it would be like hmm that's not actually... I don't think Colombia is an easy game at all. Um, but, you know, beyond that, I don't know, it's, it's, it's so hard to get a real truthful angle on how good England are. Um, like yeah, they, they look, two,
1: two fairly weak teams, like Panama might be the weakest team in, in the World Cup, or one of the, the four anyway. Uh, Tunisia, not bad, but again, not better than not yeah, bad. Yeah, I
0: mean, well, they got absolutely... Tanks by Belgium. You know right. that that was probably the most dominant performance of the whole of the whole. Um,
1: and, and Belgian Belgians are probably one of the the top four, top five teams in the tournament coming into it anyway. So you expect them to do well, and they look like they're doing well. And uh, th- but they ha- they also haven't been tested defensively like at all. Uh, England could test them some. Um, you know, Roberto Martinez is, uh, is is generally known as a pretty good attacking manager, but his defenses seem to to spiral uh, the more time that he's with the team. Um, what's interesting about England right now is like how effective they have been at the youth ranks uh, which means that like you know Chelsea's academy and Manchester City's academy and Liverpool and a number of others like Ryan Brewster's at Liverpool and I think just resigned to a new deal this summer um, you know, they've been amazing like, not just good but amazing like England are, are finally all that money that's going to the academies is really starting to pay off like they're being well trained they're coming out at the, the youth levels and U17 World Cup and Euros and U20 and they're Really good. Um, you know, the English team now is really good. Not amazing, not the best in the world, but you look at the talent, and it is very, very good. And you know, they've got some gaps, but those gaps may close up as as we see these youth teams progress a little bit further on. Um, you know it seems like southgate has has them clicking like they really are working on set pieces is is completely and utterly clear uh some training ground routines there but also like just doing the basic stuff well reading things correctly finding the guys to isolate that they care about on headers like this this is all stuff that you do when you are sharp at this particular thing stuff that we do uh when we look at it and it's clear that they put in the time and energy so i mean Basically, they've given themselves the best chance, and it, it shouldn't just be for now. It looks like England are in a good spot for, yeah, maybe the next decade.
0: Yeah, I think that's quite quite a uh, kind of general generally accepted point now that, that England's England's route of development um, talent levels. Are, you know kind of 17 to 21 at the moment uh, uh, as good if not as better than anyone in the world so yeah it's certainly exciting to think about the potential of an england side four to six years from now um, right now uh,
1: where do they go it's fine they get one more game <laughs> and then you know we'll, we'll 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 take a look at it again so we got one last uh, group Senegal, Japan, Colombia, and Poland. Poland, who came into the tournament looking pretty good, have not looked pretty good for They, the rest they,
0: they were a the seeded team, weren't they, in this group, I yeah. think. Yeah, so <laughs> two losses. Mm, not very good last.
1: Five goals given up, like a really poor loss uh, against Colombia. Um, Senegal-Japan played a great match. Like 2-2, very exciting, lots of up and down. Um, but, you know, 4-4-3 four, four, and three is the points that they're currently on. It's what Senegal, Colombia, and Japan, Poland.
0: Yeah, uh, this is interesting because I think I think Senegal and Colombia are the two better to better teams in this this little um,
1: group. I they agree with some that. margin, but it looks like Japan Japan are going if through. Don't show up, <laughs> like can can just slide on through.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Japan are almost certainly going through. I think uh, they.
1: Everyone, England or Belgium will want to face
0: Japan in the next game. Hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> like you know which whatever happens in uh, their game they will be hoping that japan come out of uh, that group to to face them and rather than senegal or colombia but um yeah it's interesting it just a huge example of like you know the small sample effects you know that colombia red card after 3 minutes japan held on for the win edge the win and that's just affected the whole group from there on in and
1: absolutely
0: put them in put them in a huge spot to go through Whereas, um, you know, Colombia can r- mildly feel aggrieved by that. It, it's, it happens, but you know, it m- made their qualification suddenly a hell of a lot more difficult. And yeah, Senegal very capable of uh, getting a result against Colombia and putting them out. So, the best African team uh, probably is, yeah, probably Senegal.
1: I think I think so, probably too. Um, you know, Nigeria I think probably are are equal with talent, but yeah, as, as usual not quite as as defensively solid. I think Senegal have been like difficult for for teams to play against. Um and and they break they break really fast. Um uh, you know Mane basically running it uh, the break is a 10 is is pretty impressive. Um so yeah, I don't, we don't know who's going to come out of there. It, another sort of exciting last round, like the the, Me- the group F with Mexico, Germany, Sweden, like really exciting. Group H with Senegal, Japan, Colombia, really exciting. The rest of them, you know, maybe a little less. I mean, Brazil's not not sort of done and, and dusted yet. So, um, yeah, this is great. Like the, we we love having. The third match uh, be be something slightly stressful because like as a neutral it's great to watch and then you get to see like the fans into it and, and Twitter's like popping and it's been a really cool World cup
0: yeah it has I mean overall I mean a few people have moan about it in various places I don't know I think i I've, I've just enjoyed the whole spectacle. You know, like you say, just like following, following it all, watching, you know, plenty of games, lots of excitement, lots of tense moments, some great goals, the, the controversy around VAR and penalties. You're, you're dark, com- complaining about VAR constantly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's just, it's just been fun. You know, there's, there's, there's always been something to kind of like ponder about. Don't get me wrong. If you're, if you're out there debating VAR 24/7, then maybe take a look at yourself but you know each to their own <laughs> yeah it's been great i've actually loved it and and of course we're towards the the business end now every everything's going to matter soon enough and you know extra time penalties all come in load of fun there do you think funny. Jamie
1: Vardy's going to get a chance to score a goal that Jamie Vardy would be proud of
0: i think Jamie Vardy's lucky to get will be lucky to get a minute on the pitch because <laughs> the three lines of harry kane and his left foot and his right foot will
1: um <laughs> play will play 90
0: minutes, come rain or shine. And uh, yeah, Vardy be like,
1: so, so so Vardy's waiting for extra time. So you're telling us
0: yeah maybe bring him on for okay. penalties I think he's got the right temperament for penalties maybe that's true. Which, which we might lack in the England squads timid players and not wanting to take penalties so, so
1: James is clearly <laughs> predicting that it's going to be uh, you know a Germany-England match and Jamie Vardy's penalty is going to make the difference
0: Vardy <laughs> skied it oh no
1: <laughs> and on yeah. that note let's yeah. uh, wrap things up enjoy the rest of the World Cup everybody
0: cheers we-